Colossians chapter 3, we're going to see more of what the Bible says about Christian community and in looking at these verses we're going to draw out implications to pray for our small group communities. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Largely, this is more of what we have already seen in Acts together this morning, isn't it? Across the New Testament, there's a fairly consistent experience and expression of Christian community. Now, there's some diversity in different cultures and contexts if you were to drill down into it a little bit or if we were able to transport ourselves back uh, to to the different cities of the early church. But at heart, there's this beautiful devotion to one another. As we read about it in the book of Acts and as we see uh, Paul and the other apostles calling people to belong to it and live it out, it's something that is quite attractive to us. Across terms one and two this year, we're going to be uh, looking at the book of Acts and we're going to be particularly focusing on the theme of reaching out, reaching out to the unreached, as Julie just led us in prayer. But as we read through the book of Acts, we also see this early church forming of Christian communities getting together and it's a really attractive thing, something that we long to be part of. And we might think it's at different times, well, Well, let's work out the program. Let's work out what that is that they're tapping into. Let's download that program. Let's boot it up and make it the operating system for new life. What makes this kind of community possible? Well, the kind of community that we see being called to there in the reading that we've just had from Colossians 3, to understand what makes it possible, we need to go back to Colossians chapter 1. So please turn right back to the start of the letter, only a page or so. The beautiful reality of Christian relationships in the early church at Colossae, to whom this letter was first addressed, the beautiful reality of that relationship was not a program, but God's gospel of Jesus' death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. That's what's at the heart of it. So follow with me, please, in chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read to verse 8. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel, That has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf 
and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. The fruit of the Gospel is lives that are full of faith, love and hope. There, verse 16, verse 6, the Gospel, the, the message about Jesus' death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, its bearing fruit and growing across the world is what we see in verse 5, people living out faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for them, stored up for us in heaven. This makes real relationship possible, first between God and us and then overflowing into one another. Uh, So have a look please now in verse 19, chapter 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's Jesus, verse 20, and through him to reconcile, to make peace, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once, this is talking about us, you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. The gospel tells us of a reconciliation, a making peace, a bringing together those who were previously enemies. And just as we are brought into a right relationship with God in Jesus, we keep uh, living in connection Uh, with Jesus and we're going to see in a moment how that flows over to one another but first to chapter 2 verse 6 chapter 2 verse 6 so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you're taught and overflowing with thankfulness that verse really is a quick summary of all of Colossians chapters 1 and 2 Christian community is possible because of the gospel of God. Jesus' death and resurrection breathes life into broken and conflicted lives to make faith, love, peace, service possible. And then this is what's held out for us in Colossians chapters 3 and 4. This is what is possible because of the gospel. So come with me please to chapter 3 verse 1. Chapter 3 verse 1. Since then... So we're changing gears there. Since then, since this is all true, since we have this gospel and this reconciliation with God, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It goes on to talk about all kinds of different characteristics that shape the way that we might live. Verse 12 then, therefore, verse 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. 
That is talking about Christian relationship, Christian community, but without Colossians 1 and 2 before it, without the reality of God's gospel to us in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, without all of that, Colossians 3 and 4 cannot be a reality. And so we don't have the godly living that is held out in chapter 3. Without Colossians 1 and 2, without the gospel, we don't have the unity that's held out to us in chapter 3, the warm relationships, the honouring of marriages and families, verses 18 to 21. Without the gospel, without Colossians 1 and 2, we don't have what we see in chapter 3 and into chapter 4, content and fair workplaces being lived out. It's the gospel of God that makes Christian community possible and attractive. Now, though we know that, it doesn't come easy. As we think now about small groups, it's not always realised, this kind of community. We need to pray for it and we need to work at it. So I'm going to read Colossians 3, 15 to 17 again to help us here shape our prayers and focus for small groups then in five ways. Let's read it again. Chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There are five things to pick up here for Christian community and particularly to small groups. First of all, the Christian community, the Christian family, the Christian small group is to be peace-filled. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's to be peace-filled. Now, this is more than steering clear of arguments and conflict. We will rub up against one another in the wrong way sometimes. We will think and say things that are unkind and hurt one another, sometimes even intentionally. We will let each other down. But knowing the peace of Christ, with that ruling our hearts, we are able and determined to make peace to admit when we've dropped the ball, to apologise, to ask for forgiveness, to be able to forgive one another and to be reconciled. Is this reminding you of the sermon series that we did in Term 2 last year, Uncrossed Church, how the gospel straightens out relationships? One of the phrases we kept coming back to, it's not easy, but it's possible and it's a beautiful thing. Christian community is to be peace-filled. The second thing that's picked up on here in these couple of verses in Colossians is in Christian community where to be teaching one another. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Small groups are places where we ramp up the word of Christ written down for us in the Bible. We'll read it together. We'll prayerfully reflect on the Bible together. We will share with one another our biblical wisdom and understanding for the benefit of one another. 
Now, there are some small group trends over the years, and some of them still kick around at the moment, to just focus on prayer in small groups, or to just focus on evangelism, or to focus more and more on supporting one another, or having a project together in the community. These things all need to be built into Christian community, and they do belong in small groups, but always as a response to the Bible being taught to one another. And if we're steering away from Bible teaching in our small groups or avoiding small groups to avoid Bible, it might be because we've actually got into a pattern of teaching one another that is actually unengaging and so we're going looking for something else. We need to be praying that God will help us to teach one another in small groups with faithfulness and enthusiasm. And alongside that teaching one another is admonishing. See that there in verse 16 as well? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Now I think it might be because we teach without admonishing one another that it is that small groups become dull and unengaging. Admonishing comes out of a culture of intimacy and honesty. Admonishing enables us to genuine, having intimacy and honesty, we're enabled to genuinely share our lives with one another, to share our struggles, to appropriately confess our sin and ask for loving accountability, to point out sin to one another. This is all admonishing that goes alongside teaching, to warn one another of danger, to point out to one another gently and lovingly of wrong belief and foolishness to have conversations that are difficult, but which build the other up. That's admonishing alongside teaching. Now you might be thinking about this and, and know that this can make us feel quite uncomfortable. Give me a group with the teaching and not the admonishing. Perhaps some of us want to stay away from small groups and hold back from Christian community because these kind of relationships are not what we're up for. We don't feel comfortable uh, with that. I'd encourage us all to be one, praying that God grows each of us individually to enable us to be part of this. God has given us one another for our good. Be praying that God will grow that in you so that you can be part of teaching and admonishing others. But secondly, if this is a barrier for you because of your personality or experiences in the past, it doesn't mean you just need to be excluded. Chat with me or one of the elders or with Julia about finding a small group or other opportunity for engaging with other believers that does help you dip your toe into the water in a way that you feel safe and comfortable with. God gives us one another to teach and admonish one another. Now, the passage doesn't mention the word love, but it does in verse 14. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And in verse 17, we see that this is expressed in word and deed. Small groups can be a Christian community where we pursue both. As we gather in the group each week, but also as we reach out to one another at other times in the week. We seek to love each other in word and deed. 
Now, finally, we're going to talk about the part of Christian community that invades every verse in this short passage, but one that can be easily looked over. You probably wouldn't notice it if I read these verses without it. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just as it could be easily lost in a Bible reading, it can be just as easily lost in Christian community. Being thankful having gratitude in our hearts to God, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, the Lord Jesus. Many times when I catch up with people about small groups, as much in the wider Christian churches in our church, this is not a problem particular to us, many times I catch up with people about small groups, often it's to hear about a problem that they are having with their small group whether I'm talking to another pastor, whether I'm talking to other small group leaders, whether I'm talking, about, talking to people about how to do small groups well in churches, whether I'm talking to one of you. I love hearing about things that are going well in small groups. And I love, actually, hearing about the challenges and thinking together through how to work through them. I know for me that I find more challenges and problems with small group or church or family or the world. I find more problems with all those things when I'm lacking in thanks. And when I'm deliberately more thankful and looking for things to be thankful for, problems that might be distancing me from small group or whatever else become less and less of an issue. And... If I'm in an attitude of thanksgiving, then I'm at least in a better place to be seeing them rightly and doing something about them. I want to encourage you to develop a habit of thankfulness for your small group and any other Christian community that we might belong to. Develop the habit of weekly or perhaps even daily being thankful for three specific things about that community or group. And the more that we do that, the better we will get at seeing them and the more effective we'll get at dealing with them. Being truly thankful. Now all these things are what we're trying to live out in Christian community and especially in small groups. It's not always easy. But the gospel makes it possible. It's not always realised for us, it's hard work. But let's keep working at it. Among our commitments for 2017, let's commit to being in small group communities. If you're not yet in one, commit to joining one. Commit not just to joining, but commit to being part of the group, to being devoted to one another in the group. The more that we actually meet and the more time we spend together, the more we share, the more that God will be using us to build one another up the deeper he will grow our relationships and our effectiveness for serving one another. Even to realise more and more the wonderful fellowship that the gospel of God makes possible. Now some of us here choose to be in small groups that are connected to the wider church, 
There's some wonderful opportunities there beyond New Life to be part of uh, BSF, um, Know Your Bible, to be connecting in with other churches or perhaps churches you've belonged to in the past. Everything that we see here in Colossians will help you uh, in those groups too. Here for our small groups at New Life this year, most of the groups that were going last year will be continuing. Some might have a change of leader and some might be changing uh, day or night, but as much as we can, we're trying to keep them uh, running through into this year. Uh, There may be a new group or two that emerges to be helping us to be working this out, whether you've been in a small group for years, whether you want to change a group or whether you want to get into one for the first time. Jump onto our church website this week and tell us on the small group form there what you'll be committing to for a small group this year. Share with, what you, share with us what you'll be doing. That'll help us be organising groups for this year and see God be using them as places where we can be living out the, 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 uh, in, a, in a community where we might uh, be what we see in Colossians here, being at peace with one another, teaching one another, admonishing one another, loving one another and being truly thankful. Can you please jump on and and do that uh, this week? And even more than that, to be praying that God will be enabling you to be living that out and for you to be praying for all of our small groups, whether you're in one or not, that these will be communities uh, where God is enabling to live this out uh, for his good.